0: Well, hey there. Uh, How are you doing? Like, how has this week been for you? I am so excited that you are tuning in with me today. I don't know where you are taking me. Maybe you're on a run at the gym, on your way to work. Maybe you are in the shower listening to me, (laughs) but we won't go there. But Wherever you're taking me right now, I just wanted to thank you for taking me along with you. It really does mean the world to me, and I'm I'm excited to share this episode with you today. So we're going to be talking about all of your burning questions about macros and what they are, and we'll just dive into all of them. I have all of these questions in front of me right now as we speak, so we're going to go through them together, but before we jump into the episode, I wanted to just let you guys know a couple things that have been going on. (laughs) So number one is that I threw my back out last week and I'm so upset about it because, well, actually, and this is just off note right now, but I was just reading something before I jumped on to talk to you. And what I was reading was something about I can't really remember how it goes and I kind of just like was skimming through it and um, it was like something about struggles and how we shouldn't call them struggles we should call them like an opportunity I think it was or it's like your chance or this is an opportunity so it's like instead of looking at something as in shit, like this actually happened to me. Like I threw my back out. What the F I should just say, Hey, I threw my back out. This is an opportunity for me to just rest. Like maybe that's what I really need. (laughs) So just looking at these areas that really suck and trying to find like the opportunity out of them. Um, which I thought that was kind of cool when I read it. Um, I don't know what exactly it was really relating to because I didn't finish reading it. I just saw the title and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to share that with you. But no, to be completely honest. So I was at the gym. It was last Thursday and I've never injured myself like badly. Um, I mean, I've injured myself from overtraining in the past, but I've never done anything like this before where I was just so it was leg day. I was just getting ready to do my deadlifts, and it's been a couple weeks since I've done them because I was just with life stresses and everything. I was going through a lot, and I felt like I was just not recovering properly. And so there was a couple weeks that I I just opted out um, just to get proper recovery again. Because as you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, um, if you're in any of my programs, like recovery is very very big. So. Long story short, I wasn't even lifting the weight yet. I had just got, I was about to uh, finish my warm up. Like, I'd started warming up. I felt good. I'm like, okay, this is good. I feel good. And I had the bar set up and I was just getting into position to lift up my second warm up set. And I was just like, I just got my back straight. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't move. And I was like, are you kidding? And so I basically threw it out just by breathing. I don't even know how that happens, but it was – I almost started – like, I literally almost started crying because immediately I I just thought the worst. And I was like, what am I going to do if I can't lift? Like, this is my life. If I'm out of the – like, and just all these things went through my head. I'm like, oh, my God. And I couldn't bend over to unload the bar obviously, like I couldn't lift weight. I couldn't even bend down to pick up my water bottle or anything. I was, I felt crippled. So I had to text my boyfriend and I was like, Hey, so can you come over here and just, uh, help me out here? <laughs> Cause I couldn't move. Um, so yeah, so that was on Thursday. Luckily I had a call with my coach on Saturday and he we re, or he redid my programming for me. So we're going to be my programming is gonna be looking a little bit different. So it's gonna allow a little bit more recovery for me and I'm gonna be doing both strength and hypertrophy, but my just the whole thing is gonna be a little bit different. So I think it's been going to be good. But now that I have the new program, I'm like, well, I want to start it right now. Um, so it's been I – ha- I didn't go to the gym all weekend. I think I'm going to um, go and just just maybe use this week as like a warm-up week just to like get into it. But he was saying too, you know, it's so important. And, I i, I mean, for this is from a type 1 diabetic standpoint. It's like we are more prone to overuse injuries. And my coach was also saying – especially with deadlifts it's like you have to be so focused and you have to be so like warmed up and you it's like even bending down to tie your shoe you have to be so focused as if like you're going to be lifting up weight when you're deadlifting because so many of the injuries come from people setting up the bar or um, just you know setting up to do their deadlifts not necessarily when they're actually lifting the weight and so it is so important that you're spending this extra time to just make sure that you are recovered fully and that you're you know your mobility is good and so he's going to have me start doing like dynamic workout workouts dynamic stretching before I start lifting so I'm going to be doing most of my stretching and stuff at home and my foam rolling and then when I get to the gym I'll be doing some dynamic stuff just to get um just to get warmed up before I start lifting because that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now and I'm like I can't not lift but dude my back is still so sore like it's a little bit better but it's when I bend down I'm just like holy crap so Anyways, enough about my back problems. Um, What else was I going to tell you guys? There's so much that I feel like has been going on. And um, I have my endo appointment tomorrow. So I can't believe it's already been three months. I'm like, I don't know if my A1C is still going to be a 5.4. I feel like, and I always feel this way. I, I just wish I could not worry about it. I mean, if it's still in range, great. But I've, I haven't had like, and I mean, even when it was a five point, like when the last time I got my A1C, my blood sugar is never a hundred percent perfect. And so when my doctor told me that my A1C was a 5.4 three months ago, I was like, it is (laughs) so, because you know, I have days that are not good. I don't know if you saw my Instagram (laughs) the other day, but not every day is perfect. And, um, so when I look at my my Dexcom, I'm like, well, there's a handful of days that are shitty, handful of days that are good, a few, you know, it's just like so off and on that I never really know what to expect when I go for my A1C. And I know you can probably relate to that as well. So we'll see if it's still a five or what. My fingers are crossed, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, If you guys missed my last masterclass, the three behind-the-scenes secrets to a fit body and blood sugars, we did cover macros um, briefly in that training. It was a lot to do with nutrition and just some some of my personal tips and tricks to losing fat with type 1 diabetes and keeping your blood sugar more stable, and also just some commonly overlooked things when it comes to fat loss and type 1 in general. So that's what we covered. There was a small group of us. I had two times that we did it, and so it was really fun. I had um, people submit questions beforehand, like if, if they couldn't make it. So we did a live Q&A at the end. And if you missed it, then I I, I don't want you to worry because I just – I had this great idea. I was like, I'm just going to put up the replay so that anyone can sign up and watch it if they want because there are some juicy tips in there that I think – You might find very helpful and the whole thing is like an hour just it's like over an hour an hour and 20 minutes I was like holy crap that's long but um, I think everyone who was there with me live it was fun and I wanted to I wanted to give you the opportunity to watch it as well if you wanted to because I don't know we probably won't be doing another training until the new year like the last like honestly the last month or so has been a launch period for me, and so now it's just like time to relax and focus on all of my new students and my new members inside of my programs, and then just get ready for the new year. So I think we'll be we'll be launching my fat loss course in January. So, but this year or coming up in 2020, we're only going to be launching two times. Um, so January will be the first time, and then I think the second time we'll launch the program will be probably just before summertime, because those are kind of the two times that, you know, I mean, we want to get in shape, right? Like, um, so that's, that's just kind of something new that we've been working on. And so we won't be doing another live training until January, but if you want to watch the one that we did, um, the three behind the scenes secrets to a fit body and blood sugars, I have it up for you to access, and all you need to do is go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash replay, and that will give you the link to watch the replay. And you don't have to watch it all in one sitting, but it is kind of cool. There's some there's some good little tips in there. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And speaking of training and programs and fat loss and all of that good stuff, I wanted to give a shout out to, my, um, to one of my members in my Fat Loss for Type 1s program, Christy. And in case you're listening to this, hello, you're doing awesome. I wanted to give you a shout out, but I wanted to give Christy a shout out just because she has put in so much work. And she signed up in June, she's been in fat loss for type ones, and she's been working her butt off. And the crazy thing is, and, and this is something that I want everyone to know, is just that, you know, the scale, because we use the school, if you're in any of my programs, you know, we use the tool as a, the scale as a tool to help, um, to help you Along your fat loss journey, just to know that you're on the right track, but it doesn't, it never determines your overall progress because, you know, when you look back at like weeks, sometimes your weight's not really going to fluctuate that much and it can be a little bit discouraging, but it doesn't mean that you're not on the right track. Like what we're really looking at is, you know, which direction your weight is going. And how fast? Because if you're like putting on a ton of weight, um, you know, we're, we're just gonna look at it gradually over the weeks. And if you're like gradually putting on weight and more and more weight, and it's, you know, like obviously you're gonna be building muscle too, but you can kind of just see trends a little bit better. So that's what I teach people in my programs to use. Um, just because it's a really easy tool um, to get started when you're trying to lose weight. So anyways, um, so I wanted to shout out Christy because she – like the scale has hardly budged. Like she's – there's – been, um, like the first few months, anyways, the scale, I think it even went up half a pound, but I'm so proud of her because she has, she started taking measurements and she was been taking progress pictures. I have a progress picture I posted of her on my Instagram. Um, but the, the the fact is, is like, it's so easy to get, just feel unmotivated. And you know, when you're not noticing a lot of progress and she has really stuck it out and, you know, it's just so inspiring because the scale hasn't moved a lot, but she's lost over four inches. And when you look at her pictures, like you can tell. So it takes, and this is just a reminder that it takes time. It takes so much time and effort and consistent effort in order to start seeing all of your hard work pay off. And I feel like in myself included in the past, it's like so often when we don't see the results that we want right away, we end up giving up far too soon, like far sooner than we... so we don't even give ourselves the chance to actually get the results that we're after and we just end up saying like, hey, this doesn't work for me, but in reality, if we were to stick it out, then we would have the same results as Christy and she's still working super hard. So I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to see where her where she's going to be at in, the, in another couple months, you know? So I just wanted to give Christy a shout out because she I'm so proud of all of her progress and I'm so excited to see how far she's come and to just celebrate her win Wins over the next few months. So just wanted to say that. And before further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So the first question that I have about macros is what exactly are macros? So this is a good question. And Macros are the amount of protein, fat, and carbs that your body needs every single day. And all foods are comprised of all three of these macronutrients. And every single person, every single one of us needs a certain amount of each one of these macros in order to achieve our fitness goals and to keep our blood sugar stable. Because likely our activity level throughout the day is going to be very different and our lifestyles are going to be different. And so no one person is ever going to require the same am- amount of macros every single day. And you, And every sing- since all foods are comprised of all these macros, like you're likely obviously already eating all of them, but you probably aren't um, sure like how much of each macro you are actually consuming unless you're tracking macros. Um, so a, a general rule of thumb to know is that, you know, our bodies do require a minimum amount of protein and fat in order to just, you know, keep our hormones balanced and preserve lean muscle mass and all of these good things. And so that's something that a lot of us are not aware of, especially, you know, if we're trying to, if we have a fitness goals in mind that we're working towards and we're not counting macros or we're not tracking them, like, your nutrition overall is a very important factor. And even for blood sugar management too, because we're all, every single person is gonna be affected differently by different amounts of different macros, like different macros in general, but also the different amounts of each of these macros. And so that's kind of what macros is. So the amount of protein, fat, and carbs that your body needs. And each macro um, contains a certain amount of calories that add up to the amount of calories that you consume every single day. So for carbs and protein, there's four calories in one gram of each of these. And then for fat, there is nine calories in one gram of fat. And so when you add these all up, it equals however many calories you end up consuming per day. And macro meaning that they are needed in large amounts. So I hope that that answers question number one. Question number two is how do I count macros? So this is a good question. And Typically, I'm just trying to think of because I'm just reading these questions with you. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to think of an easy way to explain this. But basically, when you are counting macros, an easy way to do it is just tracking your food on like MyFitnessPal or maybe there's another app that you like to use. MyFitnessPal is what I like to use. It's you know free, it's simple, um, and it and it helps me too because when I am not sure exactly what I'm eating. I will go to the nutritional value because you can actually scan different foods using the MyFitnessPal app. And so I'll scan say like the back of, you know, something in my fridge and say like a like a package of bread or something. It'll bring up the nutritional value. Then I'll look at it and I'll see how many carbs is in it. I can see pr- the protein and fat content and how much fiber is in it. So generally I always subtract the fiber from the total amount of carbs before I calculate my insulin to carb ratio. Um, And because fiber has little to no effect on blood glucose, this helps me keep my blood sugars a lot more stable. There are certain foods that I don't do this and typically I'll only do it if there's five grams of fiber or above, Um, but that's just kind of what I do personally. So that helps me too, just to know exactly what I am eating. So when you are counting macros, you want you'll first want to know like how many calories your body needs every single day based on like whatever your fitness goal is, and then from there you would kind of divvy up your macros. So like typically your protein would be set depending on what your fat loss goal or what your goal is in general, um, maybe like 0.7 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, the higher range for fat loss specifically, because you need a little bit more protein when you are in a fat loss phase. And then, um, I mean, we're all going to require a different amount in general, because even if your goal is fat loss, but say you've been eating like very minimal protein every single day, then you typically wouldn't want to just jump in and start eating like 1.2 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, like you're probably not going to feel super great. So that's just, you know, this is just a, a generic kind of rule of thumb for you. But so once you set like, and I'll just give you an example. So for myself personally, and obviously you you wouldn't be consuming this amount, even if we were to weigh the same amount, but I, I eat typically... 1800 calories per day, and this number is going to be changing for me because I, when I was talking to my coach on over the weekend, he wants me to eat in a surplus to gain a bit of body weight. So, my goal is to gain seven pounds, and I'm a little bit nervous about that. I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) but there, yeah. So, um, anyways, so I'm we'll, we'll say, like, say my target, my calorie target is like 2,000 calories per day, and I'm consuming. Uh, like 100 grams of protein per day. So there's four calories in one gram of protein. So my each macro is going to come from a portion of my total calories. So um, I think that's like 400 calories or something. Anyway, so you would divvy up like each portion of your macro. So say you are eating 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So maybe you're eating um, 100 grams of protein uh, per day, like myself, that's like 400 calories would be coming from your protein. And then your fat intake always, always needs, there's a minimum of fat your body requires to keep your hormones balanced. And this is set at 0.25 grams per pound of body weight. And so say you're consuming a total every single day of like 30% of your total calories will be coming from fat. So then you would set your fat and then the remainder of your calories would be consumed from carbs. And for type ones, I mean, we're all going to be so different with the amount of carbs that we need every single day to keep our blood sugars more stable. And so I always suggest for my students and anyone I'm working with to, um, once they have their protein, because you always want to set your protein and your fat first, once you have those set, then you can go back and adjust your carb intake and maybe eat a little bit less or a little bit more depending on what you feel is going to be best suited to keep your blood sugars more stable. So I typically, I think... I'm, I can't remember what mine, um, if it's set at 25, I think my carbs are set maybe at like 40%. I can't remember, (laughs) but once you, once you know, like once you have your, your protein and your fat set, and once you know that you're consuming the minimum amount of fat and protein required for your body, then you can really just play around with your carbs and, and just see what works best for you. And, this is something that I do teach you inside of all my programs, but that's kind of just a, a general guideline when you are counting your macros. And then when you're using an app like MyFitnessPal or something, whatever app you like to use, then you'd plug in those macros and calories that you've set for yourself. And then when you every single day when you're tracking your food intake, your goal is just to try to hit your macros as best as you possibly can. So that's going to really help you out a ton and help you stay on the right track. Next question is, How do macros, protein, fat, and carbs all work together? So, okay, um, how do they work together? This is a good question, and I'm just going to make sure that I – I don't know if I'm answering it 100%, but I think I know what you mean, and I think it is um, so – I think I kind of answered it in the last question, but also just coming from a type one diabetic standpoint, because there are a few more details that you want to kind of dive into when you are setting your macros and just knowing how each of these macros work together and how they are going to affect you. Um, Cause we all are going to be affected slightly differently by different amounts and different types of macros, but a general rule of thumb is once you do have your your protein and your fat set, like protein, when you are eating a meal, like protein is super important. And you want to make sure that you are consuming enough protein every single day. Because even like for myself personally, if I have days where I'm not consuming enough protein, if I'm consuming under 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, then my recovery gets to be not so great for my workouts. And so that's something that you want to keep in mind. And my coach is always like, you know, he'll divvy it up and he's like, all right, you need to eat a little bit more protein. So, and just being mindful of it is going to be super important. But in general, when you are eating protein and it comes to blood sugar management, 75 to hundred grams of protein in one sitting can increase your blood glucose levels similarly to consuming 20 grams of carbs now it's super rare that i would sit down (laughs) for a meal and eat 75 grams of protein in one sitting because that's i think probably like a 12 maybe even more 12 ounce chicken breast or something like that's a lot of protein for me but if you are sitting down to eat that much, maybe you're a dude, I don't know, um, it's, just, it's a good thing to keep in mind. And not saying that you should just go ahead and bolus for that amount right off the bat, but just keep it in mind to see how it does affect your blood glucose for a couple of hours after eating because it could. It could increase your blood glucose a little bit. Or if you've just been working out, then maybe it won't like maybe you're going to be super insulin sensitive and it's not going to affect you so much, but that's just something to keep in mind for yourself. And then it's also said that if you are sitting down and you're eating a meal that has a little bit less protein, like protein alone in smaller amounts won't increase blood glucose levels. But if you're eating like 30 grams of protein and 30 grams of carbs together, then it's said that it can increase your blood glucose levels a little bit more, which is just something to keep in mind. I myself don't really notice, like I won't, if I'm eating 30 grams of protein and 30 grams of carbs. I typically won't inject any extra for the protein, but this is typically, I like, I, it's kind of more rare that I'm going to be eating even 30 grams of protein unless I'm eating dinner or something. Cause normally I think I, I consume typically on a typical day, I'll consume like 20, 25 grams of protein in one meal max. Um, but Even if it's a little bit more than that, I don't really worry too much about it because I find that it doesn't affect me a whole lot. But that's just something to keep in mind for yourself. And, hey, some days you never really know, right? Like some days are completely different than usual. So it's always good to keep these things in mind and just kind of keep them in the back of your pocket just in case and then obviously fat intake can increase blood glucose levels and it said that anything above 20 grams of fat could be considered high fat but it's it's not really um like it's it's such an individual thing that you can't really say like yes this is high fat fat you need to bolus for this because we're all going to be affected so differently and for myself personally i don't really worry about bolusing for anything anything under 35 grams of fat for myself and that's just what i've noticed personally it won't really affect my sugars but it could be a little bit different for you so that's just something to keep in mind as well and it's also said like if you are consuming 35 grams of fat with 30 grams of carbs and even adding protein into the mix as well that it can increase your blood glucose levels a little bit more. I think it's, it's even after five hours. So it's a little bit slower of a rise too. And then 38 grams of fat could be, could increase blood glucose levels over the first two hours. So there's just, there's so many little things to keep in mind, but I would generally just, if you're eating anything above 20 grams of fat, Keep just monitor your sugars, see if it does anything different. And then for protein, if you notice that you're sitting down and eating like 75 to 100 grams of protein on its own, or even if you're pairing like 30 grams of protein with 30 grams of carbs, just be mindful of your sugars and see if, if it does anything, like if it increases them a little bit more over the duration of like two to five hours or whatever, and then you can kind of know for yourself. And hey, maybe it'll be different on a day that you work out opposed to a day that you don't work out, but just being mindful of these things and, and seeing what it does for you personally will make a huge difference. And then on that note too, like when you are tracking and you're trying to just see what, how things, different foods affect you, I've noticed like it's on, it depends on the day. Do I have my cycle? Do I, uh, like how many days have I been working out in a row and like all of these things can affect me. So if I'm not training, like lifting weights for three days, then I'm so much more insulin resistant. If I have my cycle, I'm so much more insulin resistant. So comparing a day where things are kind of the same, it's like, how's my, how has my sleep been? Like all of these things that you know, can affect your blood sugars. You want to think about too when you're monitoring these things or at least just making a note of them so that when you look back to compare and like see if you can spot a trend, you can look back and be like, oh, well, I had my cycle that day. So that makes sense if I'm a little bit higher, you know, just little things like that are good to to keep in mind. So next question is, are counting macros something that's realistic long term? And this is a really good question. So in the long term, it is it's one of those things that you can definitely and realistically keep tracking them. It's something that so say your goal is to lose body fat. So that's really when you'd want to dial in your macros and really be a little bit more meticulous about what you're eating and it's it's not there's a difference between being meticulous and then being obsessive because the way that I teach my students is like when – you want to be meticulous, but if you if you go over or under one day because, hey, maybe you have a low and you have to eat more macros and more calories, you're eating more carbs than – it's not the end of the world. Like you don't need to feel bad because there's ways that you can still remain in a calorie deficit at the end of seven days. And so it's more so just getting in the habit of tracking everything and being really, really honest with yourself when you are tracking food, like every little bite, lick, taste, like whatever is going to add up in calories. And when you do that consistently over time, when you don't think it matters, if you're having like a spoonful of whatever, while you're making dinner, like You do that every day and it does matter. So these are just things you want to be super just mindful, but you don't want to be obsessive because obsessive is how I used to be at the beginning where I would, you know, be like trying to stick to eating like certain foods or cutting certain things out of my diet and I'd be really obsessed with it and I'd beat myself up about it a lot. So counting macros is more so just being more mindful And so in the long term, when say you reach your fat loss goal and you, you know, you're ready to just maintain your weight when you've been counting macros for a long time and you've been tracking them, it becomes almost like second nature. So it's kind of just like injecting insulin or something where you just get so it becomes such a big part of your routine every single day that you don't really think about it. You just do it. And I remember at the beginning when I was first counting macros and it kind of seemed like a chore because it took me time to sit there and like plug in everything that I was eating. But then after a few months of doing that, like, yeah, at the beginning of everything, you know, when you first inject your Dexcom or your you first set up your insulin pump and it takes you like a good hour to do it because you have no idea really what you're doing. You're not used to it. But then as you do it more and more, it's like you could probably change your Dexcom in like two minutes if you had to, you know. So it kind of becomes like that. And then over time, you don't need to be so meticulous. Like when you've been doing it for so long, you have a pretty good idea of different things that you're eating and you can eat so much more intuitively and still hit those targets. And when your goal isn't to lose fat anymore, this is where I kind of am. It's like you, you can go days without tracking your food, but because you've done it for so long and you're just, you just have such an awareness of like the different amounts of different things and how many calories that is in everything. It's like you, you don't, Really, think about it as much, and you just automatically hit them. So, that's kind of what I found. So, it definitely is something that can be realis- realistic in the long term. And depending on what kind of person you are, like maybe you just love tracking food, and that's something once it becomes second nature, you just do it. Or maybe once you get to the point where you can eat more intuitively because you've done it for so long and you've learned so much about. The different foods that you eat, and you're ready to maintain your weight and you feel good about it, then maybe at that point you just eat a little bit more intuitively because it does teach you how to do that very well. So I would say that it is something that is realistic in the long term, as long as you are okay with tracking things at the beginning. You know, if you're the kind of person that is okay with spending a little bit of time to plug in your foods every day and just kind of be more aware, then um, then, it, then it will help you in the long term for sure. Next question is, do you personally eat the same kinds of food every day? So for me personally, I kind of do. I do and I don't because I get in the habit of just eating the same things a lot until I get bored of them and then I'll move on to something else. So like, for a while it was chicken and japanese sweet potatoes we were just eating those like very often like every day <laughs> almost and then i will always typically eat like a lot of leafy greens and vegetables and stuff but then for a while too, we were eating spaghetti squash. And so that was one thing we did that for a while. It's it kind of goes in these phases where we'll just kind of eat the same thing for a bit and then we'll switch it up. But I do find typically that when I do eat the same, like relatively the same things, I'm not really so much of the kind of person that loves to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And, you know, if I'm used to eating something and I like it, then I'm just going to make it or I'm going to meal prep my chicken or whatever for the week. And then, you know, just have that in the fridge for when I need it. But I typically I typically do eat the same thing. I find it's easier. I just kind of know what my sugars are doing. And then when I get sick of it, and I want to switch it up, then I do. And then I typically just kind of stick to that for a bit. And then I switch it up. So (laughs) I kind of do and I don't. I hope that answers your question. But if you're the kind of person that likes to include a variety of things in your diet and you don't necessarily want to stick to eating the same thing, then when you're counting macros, you can definitely do that. Like you're, it's not so much about the foods that you're eating specifically when it comes to your goals. It's just about hitting your macro targets, the amount of protein, fat, and carbs that you've set for yourself every single day. And the last question that we have today is what do you do when eating out slash counting macros? I find that it's always a big issue for me. I don't want to be that antisocial person, always bailing when invited to go out, but I really feel it causes a huge bump in my fitness journey. And And then I get this horrible, guilty feeling if I have a night where I might eat something I don't usually eat and have some drinks. And I can totally relate to this. This is basically yeah so relatable and i'm sure this is a relatable question to many of you so many of you listeners so when eating out what i do when i'm counting macros so i i track my food on my fitness pal and when you look at the different restaurants because there's a search little search area so it'll bring up a lot of different restaurants and you can kind of search for the meal that you're eating at the restaurant and the nutri- nutritional value, I wouldn't really say is 110% accurate because I've had nights where like I, I went to, we have this restaurant down the street and we would go there on Sunday nights and I'd plug it all in and I'm like, you know, it seems like it is close, but the way that the, the food from what I'm looking at that's in front of me and from what's on the app, I'm like, it has more calories. So I sometimes will just overshoot those amounts if I'm not sure, or you can kind of just look and see what like different you can search for different foods that you are eating so you could type in you know grilled chicken and then you can kind of plug in the amount separately like that so whatever you think you're eating so you can really get more estimates on there and you might have to overshoot a little bit so say your goal is fat loss just to get a more accurate amount of what you're eating so when you are counting macros it really does just allow you a little bit more flexibility to eat different foods and to go out and have a drink with friends and not feel so guilty about it because you're not trying to limit things from your diet you're just trying to hit your macro targets a little bit so if you can plan ahead and maybe you look up the restaurant ahead of time or maybe you have a good idea of like what you are going to be eating or that you're going to be eating a lot more and then you can kind of time your nutrition a little bit to allow you to have that big meal at the end of the day so that you're not so so that you don't feel so guilty. And at the end of the day, you're still hitting your calories as close as you possibly can. So that's kind of what I do. And then if you're going out for drinks, the one thing that I would suggest is really making sure that you are getting, like hitting your protein target for that day. And then your drinks would come from a combination of probably your fat, um, just to allow you some more carbs in case your blood sugar goes low. And then you could always save like, 20 grams of carbs for the end of the day in case you have a low or something but that's that's typically what i do and when you just are a little bit more mindful of exactly what you're consuming and the amounts of everything and you kind of look at your food intake as in terms of just protein carbs and fat instead of the actual food like you don't want to look at foods as good or bad it it just makes it a little bit easier to go out and have some pizza or whatever, and then and then still be able to hit your targets as close as possible and then not feel so guilty that you actually had the pizza because you know at the end of the day that you're, you're still going to be hitting your overall calories, which is the important part, especially if your goal is to lose fat. So I hope these tips are helpful to you. I hope this answers all of your macro related questions. But if you want to submit your question to the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. The questions come to me directly. And so if you have a question on macros and you're like, oh, this was great, but I actually do have some questions that weren't answered about macros or whatever it might be, then don't be shy, holler, I'm here and I'm I'm around. I'd love to answer your questions. And that being said as well, if you did find this episode beneficial, if it was helpful to you, please subscribe to this podcast because it'll ensure that you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you feel called to do so, please leave me a five-star review and tell me what was your favorite takeaway from this episode? What was the top thing that helped you the most? Because when you do take a moment to leave a review, when you take the time to do that, it really expands the reach of this podcast and it really makes it possible for other people to come across this information and hopefully find the answers that they are looking for thank you for tuning in today it really does mean the world to me and your support means so friggin much so thank you thank you thank you and I cannot wait to talk to you same time next week have such a beautiful day